Welcome to the conversation. Uh, we love to talk to progressives running for office, and we are not afraid to bring on people challenging Democratic incumbents. So you'll see that almost nowhere else in media. Uh, and we'll do that again right now. Lauren Ashcraft joins us again. She's running in New York's 12th district against Carolyn Maloney, which is uh, who is a Democratic mainstay. Lauren, great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me on your show. No problem. Uh, well, you're in the news a little bit now uh, because you sent out a fundraiser that said F the police. Uh, <laughs> now, you're running in New York uh, and NYPD strong there. Uh, and usually politicians, including Democratic politicians, like to kiss the ass of police unions. Uh, you did not do that. Um, why and then how was it received? Um, you know what? I I got a lot of really positive feedback, and that wasn't even really the point. Um, I I wrote that email and used that subject line because I've been out on the protests almost every single day, and it the protests are against police brutality against Black people, and at the protests there is police brutality, and I've seen videos of young women being thrown against pavement. We've seen videos of cars driving into crowds of people. And that, I, I mean what I said in that the system is completely broken. The system is completely racist. And whenever we say it's not okay to continue to use violence against the people you're sworn to protect, then you cannot continue to hurt us that's why I'm standing up for my community in this way. Um, uh, is it true that Ice Cube then donated to you? Ice Cube, no, I don't, not to my knowledge. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding around. All right, so uh, he is from LA, of course, West Coast. Um, so seriously, I'm just curious, did you raise good money from that email or no? No, um, I think the email itself made $400 or something, which I guess is pretty standard for us. But the ironic thing is there was a hit piece in Fox News the next day, and that did great for fundraising. Um, and that was totally unintentional from our end. But I wrote that email from my heart to say, these are all the policies that could have pre prevented this from happening. Um, and my opponent did vote for the crime bill and has ignored for the most part, a lot of bills that were calling to demilitarize the police and end racial profiling. And now within the last two weeks, we've seen her co-sponsor a lot of these bills, but this, this is not the time for people to have to be politically pressured into doing the right thing. And, you know, I made a lot of people really mad. I don't know how it's going to play out in the election results, but Whenever you speak with me, you know that you're going to hear my true thoughts. And this is what I stand for. I stand for my community and ending police brutality. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you more about Maloney and yourself in a second. But let, uh, let's give folks your website so we can see if we could outdo uh, how much Fox News raised for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your website, Lauren? LaurenAshcraft.com. That would be great because we are exactly two weeks away from when our polls close. So uh, just so you know, we have the most small dollars in the entire race against a 27-year incumbent who takes 
a lot of corporate PAC money. This cycle so far, about $700,000 worth of corporate PAC money. And so it, it's a challenge to unseat her, but it's not impossible and we know that for a fact. So every single dollar that people donate to our campaign, it actually pays for us to put out more digital ads, pays for a few more postcards to be sent out, really does make a difference. Yeah, and so the links are always in the description box below if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook. So uh, what was interesting about that Fox News piece, Lauren, is how much they defended Carolyn Maloney, even though she's a Democrat. Uh, they said, oh, but you know, she's really good on this and this. And, and I thought it was really telling. Uh, but a lot of folks still at this late date don't know what's wrong with Democratic incumbents. They're puzzled by uh, challenges like yourself. They say, what are you wasting money for? We should save it to run against Republicans in districts that, by the way, are massively blue. And there's no competition at all in a general election. 90% uh, of the time in these districts. The real competition is in the primary. Uh, but so for folks who don't know, what's wrong with Maloney and, and why would they be better served with a more progressive candidate? Yeah, so we absolutely, I hope, I. you know what, whenever I would be honored to represent my district, I know that I'll be challenged someday and I think that's healthy because nobody is entitled to that seat. That seat belongs to the people. And for so many years, I know my district has felt completely unrepresented when we used to knock on doors and reach out to people. They have no idea who their representative is, which is really sad given she's been in office for 27 years. And I disagree with so many pieces of her record when she claims she has a lot of experience. Let's talk about that experience. You voted for the crime bill, which set the precedent for how people of color are still treated by police and uh, accelerated mass incarceration. She voted for the Iraq war. I am anti-war and have personal experience in my family. My grandmother is a, is a victim of uh, Americans dropping bomb on Japan. She's from Japan and has fought cancer the rest of her life as a result. Um, and you know, she was against the Iran nuclear deal, which didn't make any sense. Um, she voted to deregulate Wall Street to repeal the Glass-Steagall Act, which I used to work in the financial sector and saw corporate greed with my own eyes and became a democratic socialist inside of the financial sector. And I would love to take my experience that I've gained um, doing an everyday person's job in the sector and sit on the Financial Services Committee and help to re-regulate Wall Street and protect us from having to bail these huge corporations out over and over. And she's just been largely absent. In 2017, she was really focused on getting pandas in the Bronx Zoo. Oh. But whenever, yeah, whenever I think about the fact that all of this was still going on, police brutality didn't just start in the last couple of weeks. You could have been preventing what's been happening. But instead, she takes breaks and uh, goes away for a little bit, comes back, sometimes votes for war, and it's really time. It's really time to unseat her. So, Lauren, uh, did you say she was against the Iran deal, Iran uh, under Obama? Yes, she well, she was against it. Yeah, she she claims that it didn't go far enough. Oh, whatever. Then, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm not entertaining any of that. Look, uh, so. This is not about age. I, I back Bernie Sanders, who, who's as old as any of them. 
but there's these dinosaurs left in Congress, and they're convinced that the way to win is to help Republicans. So it help Republicans start wars, help Republicans uh, get so-called tough on crime, help Republicans uh, uh, appeal to the bankers and take banker money. It's gross. It's absolutely gross, especially in New York. Even though New York is so blue, they're like, yes, but we have a lot of Wall Street donors. I don't give a goddamn about your donors. I mean, this whole system is so sick. All right. Uh, but let's talk about you. Uh, I know you were in comedy, Lauren, and and uh, but then you jumped into politics. So <laughs> that's a turn. <laughs> Your life took a turn. How did that happen and why? Yeah, I think it's it. I think it's more overlapping than people would assume because I have some pretty thick skin and I'm used to speaking my mind. Um, so I I just feel it's a kind of a natural transition, and we've also put on some comedy shows before the pandemic um, to get together and, and meet more people in the community. So it's gone pretty much hand in hand. And I guess I'm known for being pretty outspoken. So it makes sense. So have they, other than that uh, hit piece on Fox News, have they bothered attacking you um, and using some of your old jokes against you, like, and pretending that they were, you know, real? No. Um, so my... Kind of luckily for me, my my comedy um, is largely just in person and not really online. Um, I guess you could say my, <laughs> my comedy career didn't take off, <laughs> um, which is fine. Um, but the thing is, uh, they have gone after the fact that I uh, worked in the financial sector and I'm now critical of it, which to me and a lot of people who've worked a five-figure salary job in Wall Street makes a lot of sense because <laughs> we've seen the underbelly and we've seen the greed and the corruption and I would like to change it. Yeah. Um, so that's 100% right. There's a lot of great people uh, who worked on Wall Street. And there's actually, believe it or not, some good people who still work on Wall Street. It's just that the system is wrong and the infrastructure is wrong and it's built to give you the wrong uh, results. Uh, but uh, but Nomi Prince used to work at Goldman Sachs. She's a wonderful progressive. Joe Sandberg used to work in finance, amazing progressive. So, uh, and you guys have been in the belly of the beast. That's exactly right. So last thing here, as we're almost out of time, uh, if you win, what are your priorities? We absolutely need to push for campaign finance reform, because if you look at all of the most urgent issues we're facing, like the climate disaster, the lack of true criminal justice reform, the fact that we're still relying on a for-profit broken healthcare system. There's corporate PAC money being thrown at our politicians so that they continue to ignore these issues. You know, for-profit prisons, prison lobbies, uh, private health insurers, they just throw this money. I am fighting for publicly financed federal elections so that campaigns like mine that are very proud of raising six figures of... Uh, of grassroots dollars. Our average donation is $16 a piece. And it's hard work. But you would be incentivized to run a grassroots campaign because there would be matching involved and you'd be rewarded. But people like my opponent just wouldn't be eligible. So it would help to level the playing field. Obviously, we need a Green New Deal. We need single-payer Medicare for all, fighting to cancel student debt, true criminal justice reform, including defunding the police, and also making sure that we fight for people over profit. And that will not happen if we keep electing people who just take 
hundreds of thousands of dollars in corporate PAC money every single cycle. All right, uh, laurenashcraft.com. Uh, when you don't take corporate money, you need to be supported by the people. Lauren, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate you having me on. Back on the conversation, we've got a great guest for you guys now. Uh, she was former national co-chair for Bernie Sanders, former president of Our Revolution, former state senator in Ohio, current uh, host of Drop the Mic and the podcast Hello Somebody, and also current queen, Nina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get all those titles out the way. <laughs> That's right. Um, so uh, it's a fun beginning. And, and, you know, and the things that you're doing now are so important. Drop the Mic talks about the military budget. Uh, and Hello Somebody's got great, cast on your, uh, great guests on your podcast uh, that are having important conversations. But obviously the, the huge conversation happening nationally, thank God, right now, is about police reform. Uh, so let me get your thoughts on things one by one, the Biden proposals, Democratic proposals, et cetera. But let's start with defund the police. Um, so what's your take on what defund the police means and, and, and what's your idea of what reforms, solid reforms you should do right now? I mean, the people, I mean, defund the police sounds very provocative. And for some people, it means just that they want to see uh, policing reimagined. Uh, we certainly know that we have a certain criminal element in this country because it's called being human. So we have to question, is the type of policing that police in the United States of America have been trained to do, is that the way to go? Obviously, resoundingly, no. People need to understand the history of policing in the United States of America, especially when it comes to the African-American community, never meant to protect and serve, always meant to occupy. And some of the earliest policing of the Black community came in terms of slave catchers. That is a story for another time. And so the relationship or lack thereof between the African-American community and the police or law enforcement has always been one that was troubled because we are not seen, we being Black people, are not seen as worthy of being respected and loved as much as we are seen as a threat, and especially if you are an African-American man. So I do understand the whole notion of defund the police, and we have to balance that notion with dealing with very real human tragedies, whether it's murder or rape, even though the stats show that, that most of the time that the police are called, it is not for those kind of heinous things. And so we, we, we got to deal with this. So defund. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that the Republicans have defunded a whole bunch of stuff that we've needed, you know, housing, education, health care, you name it. They have been defunding for a long time. So people shouldn't get their dandruff up too, up too high about the term defund the police. But we got to come to a, an understanding about policing in America, what is expected, what is accepted, and what is not acceptable. And being the judge, jury, and executioner in the streets is unacceptable in the United States of America. Or should yeah. be, because it's not, Shane. Let me just say that it should be. Yeah. So, uh, look, I, I talked on the show that I, I'm not sure I love the framing of uh, defund the police. And you've got police, uh, you know, people who are uh, police officers in your family, That's et cetera. Right. Sometimes people take it the wrong way. Uh, but it does mean restructuring the police. That's and right. that is absolutely essential. Uh, it, it's way past time for that. And so, 
Now, when we turn to the Democratic reaction, look, the Republican reaction is obvious. They hate it. They don't want any part of it. We don't need to bother uh, spending a lot of time talking about that. So uh, Joe Biden said he's against defund the police. That's kind of a layup because of the framing. But when you read his statement, uh, that had his so-called proposals in it. Uh, let me get your take on it. Tone death. You know, to say that you want to put $300 million into co community policing and you want to make sure the departments are diverse. We're way past diversity. We tried to have that conversation with America decades ago about the need to diversify police forces across the United States of America. There are other stats that show that the more diverse the police force is, the better it is, the more black officers that are there, the more women that are there, things start to change. But for him, even in the midst of all of the ceremonies that were happening on behalf of Mr. George Floyd, to just throw that out there and think that it was okay, there is something wrong with that, especially since he wants to be the next president of the United States of America and claims to really understand he's a friend of the black community, have him tell the story. So it doesn't make sense to me that he would just throw that out there like that without taking in what people are saying, even if you believe that they're using the wrong, that they're not naming it properly, or you don't agree with the term, I should say, not whether or not somebody's naming it properly, but still, let's have a conversation. But he just threw it out there and said, oh, by the way, we don't really care what some of you have to say about the police force in the United States of America. I'm going to give them $300 million. Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, increasing the funding is insane. Uh, so, second of all, every proposed, so-called proposal in there was uh, retreads, not one substantive proposal. I mean, he, he got away with it because of the title, in my opinion, just my political analysis of it. Sure. But really, it was an abhorrent uh, proposal. It's leftover from the 1990s, which is which is Joe Biden in a, in a nutshell. Uh, he, he's His best friend is Donald Trump because he just makes it so easy to win. Like, a leather shoe could be Donald Trump. And so, anyway, uh, so... He's doing the bare minimum, Jink, and people should be insulted by that, especially the African-American community. It's the same thing with the Lift Every Voice. Same thing. You take the Black Anthem and you just take the, the title of it and you just plop it on a plan where you piecemealed other... You piecemealed proposals from other presidential candidates' agendas. No creativity whatsoever. So that's what we're getting right now. Yeah, but let's go to the Democratic proposal. Um, so that was a little bit more comprehensive. Uh, what's your point of view on that? I mean, I especially like, I mean, for me, the Peace Act with with Congressman Ro Khanna is vitally important. I think the Democrats certainly understand. Well, let me not even say that, Jane. I, I want to hope that the Democrats understand. I'm not so sure, but we will see. I'll give them some points for effort. Let's see if they truly understand, because what my biggest concern is, is not what is happening in the moment, but what is going to be happening a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. It's very easy for the Democrats to latch on to this moment and wear kente cloth, God forbid. Can I just say, don't wear kente cloth. Okay, please just stop it. I had to get that energy. I, I'm bowling over about this Kente cloth thing. I'm sorry, I got all off topic. That's not what you asked me. No, no, but no, 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 Nina. You know, it's funny. It's um, how similar we think. Because I saw it, and I was like, God, that is so patronizing. Yes. Like, 
like Pelosi and Schumer, like you're walking around with that stuff normally. No, you're not. No, you're not. Don't patronize. And you kneeling? I mean, what happened when Colin Kaepernick started this thing? You couldn't find, as my grandmother would say, ne'er Democrat Harley to stand by his side and stand with him. They were criticizing him. And the same thing about the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement when it first came out. Democrats were against it. They wouldn't stand with the Black Lives Matter. Now, all of a sudden, because Mr. George Floyd was murdered, now they got religion. What happened when Tamir Rice was shot on the playground? What happened when John Crawford was killed in a Walmart in the Dayton area? In my home state, he was shopping, had a weapon in his hand that was sold at that, at that Walmart, and a white person called the police on him and they came in there and they shot and killed this man. Tamir Rice shot and killed Sandra Bland, you know, so on and so forth. So where was the kente cloth and the outrage then? So what is your point, S&T? My point is this, it's easy to have religion when you got people in the streets forcing you to have some. I wanna see if they're gonna wear some kente cloth and, and pass universal healthcare. I want some kente cloth wearing, making sure we have college for all. Hello, somebody. I want kente cloth wearing when it comes to making sure that people have a universal basic income. That, that's what I want to see. And when they, when they start doing that, then, then I, they can wear some kente cloth. But until then, please, white people, don't wear <laughs> kente cloth. <laughs> I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so, okay, uh, what do you have to say about the Democrats' plan? I'm sorry. We, I, I, yeah, no, no, no. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so, so first of all, on the on that plan, though, we'll go back to it. We'll go back to it. So, um, so Rokana's plan is better, of course, and, and Ilhan Omar and, and others have uh, made important and serious uh, uh, proposals. And the overall Democratic plan that Pelosi and Schumer back uh, does have at least um, independent review of police shootings, which is desperately needed important. and long overdue. And finally, they got there. So I'm happy that they got there. They got to try to somehow pass it through the Senate. Uh, but what it does not address is police training or culture and a reimagining of, of policing in this country. It's still a bridge too far for the Democratic Party, let alone the Republican Party. So let me ask it this way, Nina. If you were going to uh, to propose something to rethink the culture of policing in this country, uh, what would you have them do? I mean, certainly to ensure diversity, or or not necessarily diversity in terms of black, white, Hispanic, but ensuring that police officers receive psychological testing. A lot of police departments do that up front, but they need to do that throughout a police officer's term in office, so to speak, to have diversity training, even though that is not necessarily the panacea to this. But we all need to use the same the same baseline and understanding implicit and explicit biases in the United States of America, having police review boards having task force both on the local and state levels of government to ensure that civility to the, the very communities that are being policed should be able to have a say and weigh in and no more allowing the police to police themselves, if you will. The community and independent folks should be in there making sure that these police departments are doing exactly what they should do. And lastly, police chiefs should make it very clear to their officers that no more of this. It will not be tolerated. You will be fired, period. 
can't be yeah. tolerated. That's exactly right. That, that's what's going to get their attention. And and look, uh, the retraining that, that uh, Senator Turner is talking about is is so important. That's why when you see John Crawford in a Walmart and he picked up a BB gun sold at that Walmart to buy it, yeah. uh, you know, you that you don't come in and assume he's armed. They started shooting at him in two seconds yes, and they they killed him in six seconds. They, they didn't did. ask, are you shopping? And put your hands up, et cetera. We need a whole retraining, re retraining of uh, wholesale for the whole uh police force uh, in, in this country, every city, every state, every okay. municipality. Um, and demilitarized too, Jink. I mean, we know the 1994 crime bill, you know, allowed these police departments to get that kind of equipment that was no longer being used uh, actively within the Pentagon. We definitely got to demilitarize. And then it's all the whole concept of what policing is. You know, do you treat people with respect and dignity or do you automatically, especially if they're black, Treat them like crap, the technical term. I hope that term is allowed editors, you know, to treat them like crap. That is what happens in America and it has been accepted. And so the conundrum of police and jink is the conundrum of America. That's it. So when we look at the police force and how they deal with black bodies, we're also looking at the United States of America as a whole and how we deal with black bodies. No love, no respect. And that has permeated the police department and all other industries, or not industries, but all over all other facets of American life. Political, economic, environmental. We can go on and on with this, Jink. So it's easy. I want this moment, Jink, to be not just about reforming the police or law enforcement, but this got to be about reforming America, period. Exactly. All right. Everybody try, check out Drop the Mic and Hello Somebody podcast. You're going to love it. Uh, Senator Nina Turner, thank you for joining us on The Young Turks. Thanks for having me.